Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. GX on Agriculture. With Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, researchers are working to develop an improved vaccine to control foot rot in beef and dairy cattle. We'll hear from Dr. Jose Perez Casal at the Vaccine and Infectious Disease Organization at the University of Saskatchewan, and he'll tell us about what he's working on there. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mixed across the province during the past week. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats will join us about that. The new chair of the Canadian Pork Council says priorities moving forward include strengthening the economic sustainability of the sector, addressing animal disease and developing programs to help producers deal with expected and unexpected challenges. Renee Waugh will join us on today's program. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX and Agriculture. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. Researchers are working to develop an improved vaccine to control foot rot in beef and dairy cattle. The project is being led by Dr. Jose Perez Casal at the Vaccine and Infectious Disease Organization, better known as VIDO, located at the University of Saskatchewan. Foot rot is a hoof infection that can be transmitted to other animals. The current vaccine is based on only one of four common bacteria that causes foot rot. So our approach is to take fresh lesions and then isolate the bacteria that are there and produce a vaccine that contains not only antigens for the same bacteria that is in the current vaccine, but also antigens for the other bacteria that are not in the current vaccine. Dr. Perez Casal is looking to achieve another objective as well. We also want to develop a vaccine that will be a single shot, so that will save substantial dollars to the producers, and also with a long-term immune immunity, so that you give it once and maybe three or four months, at least for three or four months, you don't have to worry about it. Dr. Perez Castle runs through the project timetable. Once we isolate all the bacteria, we try to pull the ones that look the same and, and use that for the vaccine. It's a three-year project, and at the end, we hope to have a vaccine at least that will give us enough protection and also long-term immunity. So for now, we are in the first year, so we have isolated already more than a few bacteria from the food lesions in Alberta, and now here in the spring, we are going to do the same for the cattle here in Saskatchewan. He goes on to say, We hope by the end of next year, we'll have, uh, have done all the lab trials and also the animal trials so that we can have an idea how the vaccine is performing. Uh, we might have to use different adjuvants for the vaccine, 
So the research will tell us which way to go. And as for when he believes it will be regularly available. Well, you know, with vaccines are usually between the lab work that you do and then testing on the field and then all the regulatory hurdles that you have to, to go over. Realistically, it will be above 10 years. Hopefully less. Now we have a video uh, has uh, a new vaccine manufacturing center that is being certified hopefully in the next three or four months. That will help us a lot because we can make the vaccine at least for the initial steps right at video. So that will shorten the period that where we can go with the vaccine, test it on the field, and uh, obtain CFIA approval for use. So it could be five years if you're lucky. Dr. Jose Perez Casal is a research scientist at the Vaccine and Infectious Disease Organization at the University of Saskatchewan. His team is working to develop an improved vaccine to control foot rot in feedlot and dairy cattle. The project recently received $243,000 in funding from the Federal and Saskatchewan Agriculture Development Fund. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94 Ag Review. The United States is filing a second formal action under the Free Trade Agreement over Canadian imports of U.S. dairy products. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai says the new panel is needed because Canada has not taken the steps necessary to properly address the first formal trade action over dairy tariff rate quotas. That panel ruled in December of 2021 that Canada was violating terms of the Canada-U.S.-Mexico Trade Agreement, otherwise known as CUSMA. The U.S. says changes made by the Canadian government have not addressed their concerns. The Canadian Minister of International Trade is disappointed with the U.S. request for a dispute settlement panel. Mary Ng says Canada will continue to defend the supply management system and the market access for dairy products agreed upon by the two countries. She adds the government will stand firm against attempts to renegotiate agreements during the dispute settlement panel process. Under timeline specified by Kuzma, the parties have about 35 days to finalize the composition of a panel, which will likely need seven to nine months to issue its final report. Rising interest rates mean the federal government's move to expand the interest-free portion of its advanced payment program will save farmers and cost government more than originally expected. Last June, the government increased the interest-free amount that farmers can borrow through the cash advance program for 2022 and 2023 from $100,000 to $250,000. The government originally projected the change would save farmers and cost government $61 million in interest payments. As of January 30, 2023, the two-year program is now expected to save producers $75.7 million, a nearly $15 million increase in borrowing costs for the government. That's according to a response from Finance Canada, 
to a written question about fertilizer tariff revenue from Conservative MP Richard LaHoo that was shared with the House of Commons on Monday. An extension of zero-rate tariffs on lentils moving into India for another year should be a clear sign that the country is in the market for imports. However, Canadian lentil sales to India face stiff competition, with a large Australian crop likely to limit movement going forward. India announced at the end of December that it would continue to exempt import tariffs on lentils through March of 2024. The lack of tariffs applies to all countries except the United States and had been set to expire in March of this year. India is one of the world's largest consumers of lentils and adjusts its tariff rates from time to time to better moderate domestic retail prices. Canadian lentil exports to India can ebb and flow depending on India's domestic policies in any given year. Bulk Canadian lentil exports through December of 2022 of 201,800 metric tons, roughly double what moved during the previous drought-stricken year, according to Canadian Grain Commission data. The U.S. beef cow herd dropped to its lowest level since 1962 after a severe drought raised costs for livestock feed. Ranchers increasingly sent cows to slaughter last year instead of keeping them to reproduce as dry weather reduced the amount of pasture available for grazing in the western U.S. and on the plains. At the same time, a tight labor market limited slaughtering at meat packing plants. Declining supplies of cattle are expected to keep meat prices high for consumers. There were 28.9 million beef cows as of January 1st, down 3.6% from a year earlier. It was the smallest herd size for that date in 61 years, according to U.S. government data. Overall, the total number of cattle and calves across the country fell 3% from a year ago to 89.3 million, the lowest since 2015. A top 10 shareholder in Bayer has called on the group's supervisory board to replace CEO Werner Bowman quickly, adding to investor pressure to restore trust and revive the German drug maker's sagging share price. Despite recent improvements in the company's agriculture business and drug development prospects, Bayer shares have been weighed down by litigation related to a product it acquired through its 2018 takeover of Monsanto. Shareholders have also cited a lack of market trust in its top management. The demand comes within days of another major German portfolio manager saying that supervisory board chairperson Norbert Winkeljohan must speed up the search for the successor to Bowman, who has led the company for nearly seven years. And that's the Ag Review portion of our program. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will be back right after this. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's cloudy and minus 20 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at 1 o'clock. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mixed across the province during the past week. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats compiled the latest market report. 
Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mixed again amongst all the weight categories for both steers and heifers on the January 27th reporting. Feeder steer prices ranged from 322.25 per hundredweight, sort of the three to 400 pound category, to 234.42 for the 900 plus pound category. Prices on steers above 700 pounds were either up or unchanged between all those categories, while the lighter steers seen a decline. The largest decline was in the three to 400 weight steers, which fell $8 per hundred weight from the prior week to average 322.25. Saskatchewan heifers ranged from 262.67 per hundred weight for the three to 400 pound category to 212.38 for the 800 plus category. Those top and bottom weight categories just mentioned were up by $3 per hundred weight over the previous week, while the categories in between four to 800 pounds were anywhere from unchanged to plus or minus a dollar per hundred weight when compared to the prior week. She tells us what the factors were behind the price changes. Similar to last week, I think there were many factors at play, but we can point at the Canadian dollar and I think supply and demand for the week. Froats outlines the marketings. Canfax reported feeder volumes in Saskatchewan at 13,109 heads sold over the week, and this was down from 16,468 the previous week, and similar to a year ago when we seen 14,589. And as for market-ready cattle prices, Canfax price for Alberta-fed steers on July 27th was 189.72 per hundredweight, and this was just up from the previous week, which was at 189.40 on January 20th. There was a mix in prices for Alberta cows compared to January 20th. The D2 cows increased a dollar 13 per hundredweight from the week prior to average a dollar 92 while the price of D3 slaughter cows were down 78 cents per hundredweight to average 87.30. Fonda Froats is the cattle specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for April are trading at 162.30. That's down 72. June live cattle trading at 158.72, that's down 42. March feeder cattle trading at 183.27, down 287. April feeder cattle trading at 187.90, down 215. February lean hogs trading at 74.67, down 20. April lean hogs trading at 84.10, down 232. And that's the livestock market conditions. Please stay tuned. GX and Agriculture will be back in 30 seconds time. Welcome back to GX and Agriculture. The new chair of the Canadian Pork Council says priorities moving forward include strengthening the economic sustainability of the sector, addressing animal disease and developing programs to help producers deal with expected and unexpected challenges. René Waugh tells us how long he's been involved in the pork industry. Yes, I have been uh, involved in, in pork production for, I would say, my whole life. I, I grew up on the family farm. I took over the farm in 2006, and uh, 
since then I uh, I am a co-owner with my brother, and uh, we it's a it's a mixed farm in the, in the in the Quebec area, uh, Quebec province uh, near near Quebec City, uh, and I have been involved in uh, in our industry. Uh, I would say more, yeah, advocacy and uh, other uh, farm groups uh, about since seven years uh, with the Les Elevateurs du Québec and then at CPC. He explains how long he's been involved in the Canadian Pork Council. Uh, I have been member of the Canadian Pork Council for five years. Uh, I had uh, been involved mainly on uh, committees. When I arrived there, I was still on vice chair, so I had the opportunity to uh, uh, be exposed to our advocacy effort. I have been, I would say, heavily involved on the health side, uh, especially uh, every, everything related to uh, the effort around ASF, uh, PED, uh, everything that's working at CPC. Uh, I, I was uh, aware and involved in it. And uh, other files where I have been, uh, where, where I started are also on farm programs and uh, business risk management programs at, uh, at uh, various levels. But, of course, uh, advocacy has been one uh, of my, uh, uh, also one of my uh, roles. WA outlines the key issues facing the sector right now and in the future. One major work that we have to do is to, to make sure that we, we build a sector, an economic sector, that is viable uh, both on the revenue and the cost of production side. Uh, it, our producers are often challenged, not only on the, uh, their cost of production, but sometimes also on their, on their revenue side, the, the price of their port. So we want to make sure that we provide all the tools uh, that our uh, members, provincial members, the, uh, the, all the pork organization in, in Canada, uh, we provide the good tools and solutions that are uh, accessible to our organization so that producers are equipped to uh, better face un- unexpected situations or sometimes they also expected situations, but not easy, uh, such as uh, a slowdown in the, uh, in the production or uh, trade disruption, things that we have seen in, in the past. Of course, there are other files that uh, CPC is working on, such as the uh, health of our herd. We had PED uh, and PERS that were uh, were and are still challenged for our industry. We have the threat of ASF. So these uh, disease must be kept away and uh, controlled when they are inside. Uh, plenty of work on this front. Uh, we have also the uh, quality insurance programs that we have to work on, uh, demonstrating all the, the environmental stewardship of our producers, uh, and uh, market access and government programs are certainly uh, other files that uh, we are involved and uh, are active on. He goes on to list his main priorities for the Canadian Pork Council. One of uh, just just as we as we as we discuss i think it's important also to mention that we have a new executive director and uh 
Stephen Stephen Hegbert. Uh, we had uh, he's been ab- about 60 days in the job so far, and we uh, we have uh, uh, a new I will I will say leadership team. I would like also to stress the fact that we, uh, with the help of Rick Bergman, the past chair, he has been really instrumental to, to prepare the uh, new group for, for leading the organization and wanted to, just to, to, to mention it, priorities have been the, discussed together at the, uh, the board uh, level and we all agree that our communication and coordination among within ourselves, when I say uh, within ourselves, uh, among our members and uh, with the public and the government is certainly key. Uh, we have to work more. We have worked hard on it, but we want to work even more on these aspects because uh, if we want to be efficient in everything we do, we must communicate and coordinate our actions properly. So I would say that uh, in the coming months, we wish that uh, our orientation will make a difference for all our members. Wa says they're preparing for the possibility of an African swine fever outbreak. We have been uh, active and we have uh, devoted a lot of energy and resources on this file in the last three years. It's a threat that is above our country that stays there. We have worked uh, really hard in collaboration with uh, the government, provincial and federal government, to be better prepared. Uh, We now have a border that is more secured uh, using uh, dogs at the uh, the border, sniffing dogs. And uh, we also have structured a plan so that we know we better know what are the weaknesses and the strength of our Canadian system of surveillance, but also of planification and response if need be. So one thing that uh, is coming up in the coming months is, uh, uh, I would say, various scale of exercise where we can test the, uh, the, the planning that we have done and also identify strengths and weaknesses but in a semi-realistic uh, case, it won't. We we don't want to 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 uh, to have a real case of ASF, but we will test as if. So we want to see the the, really, the resilience and the strength of our uh, of our system. Another big file that we have to work on is uh, the government response in case of ASF. We know that there are programs. We are requesting more clarity on the programs that would be available for producers if such case happen. Uh, it's a, a major discussion because of the scale of, if, if it happens, the kind of scale of, of damage or of uh, implications that it would have. So uh, these are, I would say, two things that we are working on uh, actively. There are other files that will, uh, I won't mention all of them, but I will, uh, I will certainly uh, pass by the wild pigs uh, uh, work that we ha- have to continue to do. A lot of work has been done. We're, now we have a better understanding of, of where the uh, sounders ha- are in Canada, and we can now target various 
actions to reduce or uh, uh, eradicate these uh, these standards. So these are, I would say, uh, some of the actions that are uh, expected, but uh, the ASF, what we call the ASF Executive Management Board, is a board that that is grouping the government, both federal and provincial, plus uh, the industry, and the work is continuing to make sure that we uh, we ramp up the level of pla- of planification we have and capacity to uh, to respond if need be. And he concluded with these comments. I would like to to. Uh, to underscore the uh, the contribution of Rick Berman, our past chair, who has worked so hard for our producers, we have uh, we had plenty of uh, phone calls together, and he was always focusing on the well-being of our producers. And I think it it's worth uh, mentioning his effort and sustained uh, interest for the well-being of our producers. Uh, so I would uh, I would like to, to thank him for all the work that he has done and also uh, helping the, the newcomer to be uh, more efficient in their work. So uh, uh, I would like to, to, to mention it to, to everyone that uh, he has been so helpful for our industry. We, we are lucky to have a strong board with good representation and we also have active members, which are our provincial organization. So I am confident that in the coming months, we will be able to, to make a difference for the sustainability of our uh, pork industry in Canada. And looking forward to, uh, to contribute with the board of, uh, of improving the situation on various fronts that I have mentioned. Rene Waugh is the new chair of the Canadian Pork Council. It's time now for the Commodities Update, and that's a presentation of Lane Realty. When it's time to sell the farm, call Lane Realty, your trusted and experienced farmland real estate company. To include your property for showings, call 620-7260 or visit lanerealty.com. Commodities Update. Canola futures are trading down across the board this hour. March canola trading at $826 per metric ton, down $5.90. May canola trading at $825.10, down $6.10. March Minneapolis wheat trading at $923.5, up one and a quarter cents. March Kansas City wheat trading at $882 and a quarter up three and a half cents. March Chicago wheat trading at 757 and a quarter that's down four cents. March corn trading at 680 per bushel up a quarter of a cent. March soybeans trading at 1518 per bushel down 20 cents. March oats trading at 392 and a quarter down one and three quarters of a cent. And that's the Commodities Update. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. Changes observed in the Dominican Republic indicate the virus responsible for the African swine fever outbreak there is becoming less virulent 
and could become more difficult to detect. Dr. Paul Sunberg, the executive director of the Swine Health Information Center, tells us what he's seen in terms of new areas of infection. During November, just during November, uh, Lithuania, Romania, Serbia, and northern Macedonia all reported outbreaks in domestic pigs and at a higher rate than what was done before. Um, so this was a November report that was released in the 1st of December. There were 49 outbreaks in those countries in domestic pigs and compared to only 28 outbreaks in the countries the month before. So it continues to go. One of the things that we're, we're monitoring and looking at is an outbreak in the Czech Republic. Um, the virus was detected in a wild boar carcass near Poland. And, and I guess that's probably not too surprising with the movement of, of wild boar in Eastern Europe. The Czech Republic had been negative for ASF and they worked very hard to eliminate ASF from the country. And this is back to another incursion that um, has happened in that country. So it, it's still moving in Eastern Europe. It's still moving in Asia and Southeast Asia. And it still is on the island of Hispaniola in Haiti and the Dominican Republic, although it is being contained there at the current time. He outlines what's going on in areas that have previously seen infections. ASF is, is it's an interesting virus in that it is relatively stable, but one of the things that we've noted is that it has seemed to have changed in the Dominican Republic. That's a spot where we have a lot of activity and a lot of uh, scientific activity going on in the virus. Um, we don't have access to viruses in Eastern Europe the way we have access to the virus in the Dominican Republic. One thing that is notable in the DR is that the virus seems to be attenuating some that it isn't causing the outbreak, uh, the mortality event outbreak that has been seen before or been seen in Asia and in Southeast Asia, Eastern Europe, for example. If we take that virus, and there have been, there's been some work by USDA on Plum Island with that virus, and if you take that virus and inject it into a pig, it will cause that pig to die, and it will die relatively quickly. But if you expose the pigs to the virus, just expose them the way they would be naturally exposed, then there's a certain percentage that are going to get sick and recover. There's a certain percentage that don't have even that that have the virus but don't show clinical signs. And there's another percentage that are going to get sick and die as if they were um, injected. So it's kind of a it, it's concerning in that. It seems to be changing and attenuating some that um, decreases the mortality event, which could make it harder to detect. It could continue to linger that way and look like uh, uh, other endemic diseases. So that's something that's a lot of scientific um, uh, investigation right now to try to understand those processes and the pig's response to the virus. Dr. Sunberg talks about the risk to North America at this point. 
Uh, so the, to North America, it still is on the island of Hispaniola in Haiti and the Dominican Republic. The risk to North America, I think, it continues not just because it's here in the Western uh, Hemisphere right now. Certainly, that ups the game. But we remain at risk from, especially from illegally imported pork products. ASF is not a human disease. Humans do not get it. They can eat meat that contains ASF, and there will be no reaction whatsoever. But if a pig comes into contact with that meat, they will end up getting the disease, getting the virus. So I think one of our main vulnerabilities is importation of illegal meats that may have the virus in them, may be contaminated with ASF. And whether that's a sandwich coming on a plane with a grandmother or whether it is a, a, a seizure at a seaport. For example, there have been 230,000 pounds of pork-related products were seized at the Los Angeles Long Beach seaport during 2021, reported during 2021. That remains our biggest risk for introduction of the virus in North America. Uh, it could be also a, a product coming from the DR and from Haiti on a boat across to Puerto Rico, for example. USDA and Customs and Border Patrol are working very hard to help stop that, that risk and mitigate it as best as possible. That's Dr. Paul Sundberg. He's the executive director of the Swine Health Information Center. It's now coming up on 1 o'clock. That means it's time for the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions, an extreme cold warning remains in effect. For today, mainly cloudy with a 40% chance of flurries. Winds west-northwest at 10 to 20. A high of minus 15, a wind chill near minus 40. For tonight, partly cloudy. Any flurries will end. Winds northwest at 15 to 30, a low of minus 31, a wind chill of minus 44. For tomorrow, mainly sunny. Winds northwest at 10 to 20, a high of minus 25. Friday, partly sunny. Winds south-southeast at 15 to 25, a high of minus 8. For Saturday, partly sunny, a high of minus 5. And Sunday, partly to mainly sunny, a high of minus 2. In the Paw, it's minus 23 degrees. Swan River and Show Lake Russell, minus 20. Dauphin, minus 16. Brandon, minus 19. Roblin, minus 21. Regina and Winyard Wadena Kelvington are at minus 16 degrees. Saskatoon Indian Head, minus 17. Hudson Bay, Broadview Mooseman, minus 19. The Yorkton Melville region has a cloudy sky, a southwest wind at 8 kilometers an hour. 81% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 20 degrees. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 27 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 for another edition of the program.
It's time now for the news and sports headlines.